0: You know, I really love Jesus. I truly do. The more and more I read, and the more and more I watch, it is just hard to fathom what Jesus has truly went through and what He gave up just for us. I don't understand it. I am beyond words when it comes to Jesus Christ, to be honest. It is remarkable on the things that he can do for us and what he went through in order for us to live in this world and you know be able to join the kingdom of heaven. And the trials that he had to face, him being the Son of God, had to go through trials to ensure us a place in heaven. It is remarkable. It is beyond anything I can comprehend. I just wanted to say that before we got started. Hello. Welcome back to Faith Over Dishonor. I am your host, Bradley, and I just got to tell you, I have been exhausted. Today, I finally get a day off after 11 days. And it just, you know, I had a lot of stressful days, I had a lot of irritating days, and I don't know, I have just been so much, like so exhausted, it is beyond belief. I woke up at 6.30 this morning to take all all four of my kids to school, and you know, they go to two different schools, and I was like, okay, 6.30, not bad, you know, usually if I get up at 6.30 or 6, I'm good to go for the rest of the day you know i can as soon as i get home i can start doing whatever i can go get my errands done i can go pay my bills all that fun stuff well today after i dropped all the kids off at school i came home sat down in my recliner and honestly i fell back asleep i took me about an hour and a half nap i'm i'm tired everybody is it's it's horrible it sucks but i am but it'll be okay. I got today off, work tomorrow, and then I'm off Sunday finally. And I, I get to go to church. So that, that gives me hope. I'm looking forward to it. And the wife is going to join me, which is even better. She doesn't she didn't get to go often. so But she's going to join me this Sunday. So that's just awesome. So before we completely get started, I just wanted to mention the Christian Faith Apparel store that I have created. I've got a couple more designs up and... It, I have to say, it is amazing. I love the fact that I can spread the word of Jesus Christ through apparel, because you know, a lot of people pay attention to what people wear, you know, and maybe, just maybe, someone out there is looking for a a scripture or a sign from Jesus or from God that, you know, everything's going to be all right. And I'm hoping that, you know, maybe God will, or, you know, maybe Jesus will put them in the eye line of someone looking for an answer that's wearing one of these shirts, you know, and they just give them a little bit of hope. Or even if someone is just isn't paying attention, but the shirt catches their eye, and they're like, okay, that's telling me something. I need to go find out what that is. And, you know, just maybe bring them a little closer to Jesus. That's my mission with my Christian Faith Apparel store. Uh, if you, of you are interested, I've got youth, I've got women, I've got unisex. I recommend ordering a size above what you usually wear just for the simple fact. I mean, you don't have to, but I have noticed that if anything's 100% cotton, it does like to shrink if you put it in the dryer. So I mean, unless you hand wash yours to keep it at its normal length, I recommend maybe going a size higher. I got my shirt in last week. It was my, my Luke shirt. Uh, Father forgive them for they know not what they do, and I love that shirt. I wore it the next day after I got it in the mail to work and it is, it's, it's a comfortable shirt and I got a hoodie coming in sometime soon with, uh, one of my new designs from Jeremiah. But yeah, if you are interested in any of them, uh, if have any faith over dishonor Christian apparel, just go to www.bonfire.com slash store slash faith over dishonor. So, before we get into the topic of trials today, um, I'm going to start with another piece of my testimony, and it is a uh, it is one that has caused me a lot of grief uh, throughout my years. Um, I actually I used to have nightmares about it. I had a little PTSD, so to speak, and the person that caused this, you know, all. All of the torment that I went through, um, I have prayed over and over again to Jesus to help me forgive her. And honestly, I can say I have. It took a long time, really long time. Because my youngest son with her is seven years old. He'll be eight this year. So it literally took me seven years. To finally find forgiveness in my heart towards what had happened and I mean I have to you know a, a good reason to forgive her is because you know she is the mother of my children and you know some we don't get along all the time that's, that's just how it is but I don't get worried and I don't feel hatred and I don't feel anger as much anymore or hardly even at all when it comes to her unless she does something that's completely out of bounds when it comes to her children and me but you know I still I don't I don't feel anger that'd be more like irritation so to speak but thank you Jesus that you have he thank you Jesus <laughs> you provided me with the ability to have forgiveness in my heart towards this and I'm going to, and the reason this is a part of my testimony is because at this point in time, after I've kind of stepped away a bit from trying to be a good Christian, I found another way into it. And I, like I said before, I was a one foot in, one foot out kind of person. I'd be all in, then I'd be half in, then I'd be out and partially in. This is one of them times where I went full in, and then later on, I kind of repeated the pattern. But this part of my testimony, um, it's a little rough. It's a little hard to talk about. But, I, you know, someone telling their testimony is a big part of their Christian faith, and I, I feel like I always have to express mine when it comes to having people realize that even through the some of the hardest times, you can still find faith in Jesus Christ. And this part right here was one of the hardest times they ever had to face. So, back in, yeah, this one's rough. Back in 2015, 16, sorry, 2016, um, the relationship I had with my son's mother, it was sometimes abusive, very manipulative, and controlling. I had no say in anything. I was forced to do a lot of things. And... I got to the point where I was working at this place. It was a concrete plant. I was doing inventory stuff. And I got to the point where I tried to find advice. So I came across this website with a mediator that dealt with spousal abuse and relationship issues and stuff like that. So I called him up and I told her everything that was going on to the point where. My finances were not in my control; They were always in hers. Every time I got paid, she'd take my check and I'd get maybe twenty bucks out of it. Um, I never got to do anything without being harassed about it without being accused of something. and there was I, I was literally kept away from my mom and my stepdad and everybody for like six months because she didn't approve of me going anywhere near them, all because of a certain invitation that was put out for a party to a girl that I had a crush on a long t- uh, long before her. Yeah. Anyways, when I talked to the mediator, she basically said that it is a highly unhealthy relationship to the point where it can be completely destructive towards both of us. Mostly it would be, you know, destroying me, and I honestly needed to get out. Because it wouldn't be healthy for me or for the kids to stay you know stay in the kids life of course but I had to create some distance from their mom or otherwise I was gonna have an early grave not due to physical harm even though that happened one time more along the lines of depression stress anxiety you know stuff that can literally kill the inside of you and just make everything fail and that does happen so, one of her oldest children had a practice. as a football practice. And I got there and she was sitting in a chair. And I kind of had my distance away from her with my chair. And, you know, she was pregnant at the time. And I pulled my phone out and I was doing a little more research. And I was also talking to friends, you know, trying to get some advice. Trying to figure out the proper way to handle it. And huh, she said, she asked me what I was doing, and I told her I said I ain't doing anything because you know I didn't know how to handle it yet. And she said, "You talking to another girl? You cheating on me?" First thing pops in her head, and I'm like, "No, I'm just trying to relax for a minute. I just got off work. I'm just trying to sit here and enjoy, you know, the practice." And she got all angry, and she's like, "Whatever." And she just kept hassling me. Let me see your phone. Let me see your phone. And I said, no, you're not seeing my phone. You know, it was a whole ordeal. So we went home. And hmm, that's when I finally got the courage I was to sit on the front porch. And I took my phone out. And I started recording her. she come out there. Blades of glory. <laughs> it's like, technically a, a blaze of hellfire. And just yelling at me talking about how I'm a piece of crap I don't do anything I'm just a little female dog and I told her I said you know I was like I don't want to leave the kids um but I think me and you need to split I was like I'll sleep on the couch I'll sleep in the basement I don't care I just, I don't want to be away from the children but I cannot be in a relationship with you anymore And then she came off with, you have to do this now because I'm pregnant. You can't wait six months after I had the baby. And this was at the beginning of the the same month that my second child was born. And I said, basically, it doesn't matter whether you're pregnant or not. Nothing's going to change. And frankly, I don't feel safe. And I'm not, I can't do this anymore. So needless to say, for the next week or so, I sleep in the cold, damp, Musty basement on a couch, and yeah, there was nothing down the it was an unfinished basement and then one morning, our uh, oldest son had an appointment in Louisville, which is a two hour drive with a time change as well, and my truck I had at the time needed a air filter because it kept messing up, it kept getting clogged. so I stopped off at O'Reilly's, where my mother works, and I'll tell you now. She was trying. She did not like me anywhere near my mom, and my mom is the most generous woman in the world. She's protected me. She's had my back. She's never, never left me defenseless. I should say. She's she's always been there. And I stopped there to get an air filter, and she, the, the mother of my boys, pulled up and started screaming at me again. Uh, she didn't want me to go now because I'm over here talking to my mom I was like it's my mom I can talk to her if I want to and she had her mom pull up they started yelling at me my mom told them to go on and then this is how naive I was when I bought her a new car and I had bought me a truck but she had me put both vehicles in her mom's name her mom's not mine so needless to say when we got put back when I got told to go back to her house her mom took my truck and also my cell phone because the cell phone was in her name I I told you I could not have anything So I lost everything, and I got kicked out of the house, all because I talked to my mom. So luckily, my mom actually lived two houses down from where me and the mother of my boys lived. So I grabbed a handful of clothes, and I walked down the road. No phone, no vehicle, and an armful of clothes and but luckily I had enough money to go get a prepaid cell phone so my stepdad after I told him everything that happened he we got in the vehicle and he was going to drive me to Walmart to create, go get a prepaid cell phone and as soon as we was passing the house, her house, I saw a bunch of my stuff out at the end of the driveway in the pouring rain so I gathered up what I could. Of course, it wasn't all my stuff. It was just a bulk of it. She kept a lot. And went to Walmart, got a prepaid cell phone, stuff like that. So surely enough, I started talking to my lawyer because a couple days had passed, and she wouldn't let me see the boys. She wouldn't let me know how they're doing. All, and, you know, we, when we split up the time before that, you know, we agreed that I got joint custody, so I had a say in their lives. And she couldn't deny me from seeing them, even though she was doing her best to do it. Well, on one bad night, this is where it gets it gets bad, like real bad. One bad night, me and a friend, we always had a tradition. Every time me and the the mother of my boys split up, every Friday night we'd go get we'd go to the Mexican restaurant, and get some food and you know just talk well that night me and my friend went to go get food for me my mom him and my little brother Jacob and as we were passing by her saw a uh, man uh-huh. on her front porch and this this man was actually the uh, father of her first two children. And this man was a drug dealer. And a earlier that year, he was actually arrested for manufacturing and distributing methamphetamine. So when when i passed through of course i pulled into my mom's driveway and then i walked to her house and i got there and of course i i said uh, some words that i probably shouldn't have said you know some bad language but I was walking up to the porch and I started shouting, "What in the world is he doing here? He should not be here. He should not be anywhere near my children. And I went in the front door. The storm door was open. I just went through. but I think I opened the handle. It was a storm door, so you know it was a little push button. So I opened the door, and I went through, and I asked the mother of my children the same question I was asking her mom and her mom's boyfriend as they were on the front porch with this guy. And she started laughing. She just was laughing about the whole situation. She got me. And uh, I told her, I said he doesn't need to be here I'm going to call the cops and have him arrested and he poked his head through the door started yelling at me and I basically told him that if he didn't get away from my kids that I was going to kill him and of course you know we yelled at each other back and forth Then. The mother of my children, I'm not saying her name through this, uh, handed me my oldest son. She said, take him to the back room and calm down. And as I walked through the hallway, her oldest boy was standing there in the hallway, and he he looked scared, and I asked him if he was okay, and of course he said, yeah. And I went to the back room, and... My oldest my my oldest son grabbed a fish zombie book. I can't remember the name of it, but he handed it to me and asked me to read it to him. Of course, my hands are shaking, I'm furious, I am angry. but I started reading it to him uh, to calm down and make sure you know he wasn't terrified or anything like that. and then I heard the guy leave, and then the she came back there to that room. Started yelling at me and I was telling her I said he should not be anywhere near these kids I said he's a drug dealer. I said what are you thinking? I don't understand why he's here She said he just dropped by but yeah, she was smiling the whole time so Yeah, I didn't put two and two together on that one at the moment because I was just furious so I picked up my son and I walked to the living room And then she come through and she sat on the couch and pulled out her phone and started texting of course, she was texting the guy, laughing, and then he called, and she was laughing again. And I told her, I said, if I ever catch him on this front porch again, I will kill him, I will take the kids, and I'll make sure you never see him again. <laughs> and then uh, she was saying how uh, I have no business being there. I, should, I It ain't none of my business and everything else. And then I said, well, the next time I see him here, I said, I'm going to call the cops and have you arrested. I said, now nah, we'll take the kids and go. And then her mom chimed in saying how no one's calling the cops and I need to calm the blank down. And I straight up looked at her and I said, It ain't none of your beep business, you stupid beep. <laughs> yeah. Not not a good not a good course of language there. And once I said that her mom's boyfriend grabs me by the shirt and starts yelling at me saying I don't need to be talking to her that way and tries to pull me outside to fight. So I pick him up and I throw him off the porch across the yard. And he's bouncing around in the yard and I'm saying come get it if you want it. And he's like won't you come out here. Of course her mom is trying to push him back and she then... The mother of my child said, you, you need to go. I said, don't worry, I'm going. I said, but the next time the cops are coming with me. So I walked away, went back to the house. Mom caught me in the front yard. I told her what was going on and what her mom's boyfriend done to me. And then my mom started screaming, saying that if she ever catches him out, she's going to beat him down, you know, better language, <laughs> worse language than what I'm talking about and then sheriff's car pulls up in the driveway in my mom's driveway so I even showed the cops my shirt and they left they filled out a report now here's the kicker that was on a Friday that Monday I called my lawyer to let him know that she was not allowing me to hear from my kids let me see my kids and everything else and he said that due to our custody agreement she is breaking it and I am entitled to talk to my children. As soon as I got off the phone with my lawyer I get a phone call. It is the Sheriff's Department and they tell me that I have to come down to the station to sign an EPO protective order to not be around the mother of my children or my children and I explained to them that that's not fair I didn't do anything she's the one that had a drug dealer on her front porch I was going to protect my children they said it doesn't matter I still need to come sign it so I was like okay I'll be there in a minute and at this time I had the flu I was sick It was bad. So I show up at the sheriff's department. I come in. And I said, all right, where's the paper? I want to read it. And sure as heaven exists, the sheriff looks at me and says, Bradley, I'm sorry. i got to place you under arrest. I said, what for? He said, burglary, terroristic threatening, and spousal abuse. I said none of that happened. He said, "If you are accused of a felony, it's an automatic arrest. So breaking and or burglary basically is a felony." So, needless to say, I broke down. Never been to jail. Never wanted to ever go to jail. I was always proud of myself that I was never in jail. But yeah. I got taken into the sheriff's office, his actual office. My mom and my stepdad showed up. He explained to them what was going on. And then, of course, they were angry. And I'm sitting there freaking out. Like I said, never been to jail. And I got placed in handcuffs. And don't get me wrong, the sheriff was amazing. He said, Okay, hold on. Uh, talking about it brings back memories. Uh, it was bad. Anyways, uh, the sheriff said, "Bradley, I know, I know who you are. You are a you're a decent person." He said, "You, I've never had a run in with you." Whew. <clears throat> he says it's just that's it's just the law you have you have to be put in jail for this so I asked the uh what do you call him the jailer nice guy I've known him for years i asked him i said can you do me a favor I, I like this was after I handed my mom, my wallet, my hat and everything. Cause I've always heard if you go into a jail with your wallet, they'll take every penny you got out of your wallet to pay for your booking. It doesn't matter the amount. They will take it. And I had about $200 in my wallet and I wasn't about to lose $200. I had just gotten paid. Uh, so I asked him, I said, is it okay? I said, I won't run. And this is when I smoked. I, I haven't smoked a cigarette in almost five years now. I said, can I go smoke a cigarette? I said, I'm not going to run anywhere. I said, I, I got to do what you guys tell me. I said, can I go smoke a cigarette? I said, and also, can we wait and put the handcuffs on until I get in the car? I said, because I don't want anybody to see me walking out of this courthouse with handcuffs. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. We, we we, get it. You're, We know you're not going to run. It's okay. So I smoked my cigarette. I go back in and then the jailer escorts me out and I sit in the backseat of the cop car and then he puts the handcuffs on me and we drive to the next county to the jail and if my mind serves me correctly I'm pretty sure I saw the mother the mother of my children's mom. Watching. And so. I tried to hide my face and everything in that cop car. I got escorted to the jail. I got booked in. And. I prayed. I, mean, I, I know I was out of line. I, I shouldn't have been so hot headed. I should have thought. I should have. I honestly, I should have called the cops when I saw him down there. But I, while I was in the uh, holding, I wasn't completely in the, in the cell yet, I prayed and, prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And I didn't realize it at the time. I was kind of angry because I didn't get out that same time I was put in. My bail wasn't set. But now, you know, these past years, I realize, even though I wasn't released that same night, I got put in a cell that I actually knew somebody, <laughs> and he is a good guy. He's just, you know, he just gets in trouble. Most of his time is like child support or, I don't know. He, he's actually a a good person. He wouldn't hurt a fly. He's just, you know, yeah, it just always runs into bad times. And when I got when I got put in that jail cell with 30 other guys of course i had to sleep on the floor next to the bathroom i puked all over my cot because i was sick and everything else uh but as soon as i walked in that door he looked at me he goes superman what in the world are you doing here well you know he didn't he used a little worse language than that and i had a friend there you know someone i could talk to and pass the time away till i went to sleep so, but of course I told him what happened. He, he he was a little mad about it, but you know, that's neither here nor there. But after years of realizing, you know, that, you know, I was, I was mad that I didn't get released that same night. I got released the next day and God allowed me to go to a cell where I knew somebody, well, where I wouldn't feel so alone. It's a... It wasn't the complete prayer I asked for, but it was something Jesus knew I needed to get through the night. So, that's another part of my testimony. Sorry, I was getting a little teared up there. That was a rough time, real rough, and that testimony goes good with what we're going to talk about, which is trials. i got to collect myself here. So we all know, uh, thank you Jesus, I just to say thank you, Uh, we all know being a Christian (laughs) isn't what some people think. You know, it isn't rainbows. It isn't smooth sailing. You know, a lot of people believe that you give up a lot of things. You know, which you do. But you also gain a lot more. You know, and... When it comes to devoting your life to Jesus, instead of putting faith in yourself, you put more faith in Him. To get you through. To have your back to ensure that the sunshine will come forth another day, it's, it's a more remarkable feeling than you will ever feel. And he also gives you a shoulder to cry on and a hand to hold when it comes to facing some of the hardest times in your life, your trials, your tests. And he doesn't put you through trials that you can't handle. Because if you can't handle them, simply just give them up to him, and he will take care of it. So, like it says in Isaiah 41.10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yeah, I will help thee. Yeah, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Always have to remember, that no matter what, God God and Jesus have your back. The hard times that you face, the hard times that come, you know, you feel like you're alone. And understand that. I've I've been there. But when you go through these trials, you always have to remember that you are not alone. Jesus is right there with you. He knows what's, what you're going to overcome, and he's going to make sure you do overcome it. It may take a while. Like I said, it took me seven years to forgive. It's not my timing, it's it, it's Jesus' timing. It's the Holy Spirit. He is there for you. And there's going to be a lot of knockdowns. There is, trust me. I've been knocked down so many times, I'm surprised I'm still standing. But through the the grace of God and the faith in Jesus and everything, I'm still standing. You know... Like like the scripture I just read, Isaiah 41.10, Fear thou not. Do not be scared to live th- in this world. Do not be afraid to face what's coming toward you because you are not alone to deal with it. Jesus is right there preparing your way and he's he's got your hand. He says, walk with me. I will lead you through this storm. He says, for I am with thee be not dismayed don't get discouraged for what you're going through have faith he will not lead you astray he says for i am thy god and he is the, he is your god he is the he is literally the son of god and through him you get god so he is your god and he will give you strength it says i will strengthen thee he will give you the strength to stand amongst your enemies and your storms. Through him you will not get knocked down and you will not fade. You will not perish. He says, I will help thee. He will not leave you alone. He will make sure you survive it. It may not seem like it because you can't see him, but you can feel him there. He's got a, such a heart, like a tough grip on your heart. He wants you to know, hey... Don't be scared. I am here to help. I'm getting choked up again. (sighs) Don't ever think I've abandoned you. I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. If you put your faith in him wholeheartedly... He will make sure that His right hand of righteousness holds you up. Don't ever forget that. You are His child. You are His His blessing. He will not lead you astray. He will hold you up with His right hand because the right hand is the hand of righteousness. Now, going from Isaiah 41:10, we're going to go to Psalm 77. I just got to turn to it in my Bible. (laughs) But just think about all the trials that you've been through and how you actually got through them. Say, even if your mom or your dad or your brother your sister, anybody that was standing with you to give you a little comfort, that was Jesus putting them with you. And if none of your immediate family can be with you, Jesus is there anyways. When Jesus died... When he was nailed to the cross before he ascended back into heaven he let the world know that even though he won't be here physically he is leaving a replacement called the Holy Spirit so that way the Holy Spirit can be with everyone at any time anywhere it, it's not just him it's not just Jesus being in one spot to help a certain group of people he left the Holy Spirit for us to survive this world and to be comforted at all times everywhere he said his replacement will be better than him because this Holy Spirit that he left for us can be everywhere 77 who is so great a God as our God to the chief musician to to a psalm of Asaph I cried unto God with my voice even unto God with my voice and he gave ear unto me. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night, and seized not. My soul refused to be comforted. Just pay attention to these words. Pay close attention. I remembered God, and was troubled. I complained, and my spirit was overwhelmed. Salah. Thou holdest mine eyes waking, and I am so troubled that I cannot speak. This is him praying to God during a trial, but yet he is still feeling the anger and the hatred through this trial. He feels abandoned. I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I commune with mine own heart, and my spirit made diligent search. His, his heart was trying to find the right answer that his mind was trying his I should say this his mind was trying to find the right answer his heart was trying that was his heart was portraying you know seek the wisdom of the Lord be faithful will the Lord cast off forever and will he be favorable no more he feels left alone he feels abandoned he feels like he's facing this storm all alone and he is not faithful at the moment because he he has such doubt which you know as Christians we all have doubts we will we will question a lot of things and it's good to question so that way we can seek the answers and learn in our way to be more connected to Jesus Christ so it's okay to have doubts just always have the faith to know just always have the faith to know that Jesus is with you through everything and anything is his mercy clean gone forever? Doth his promise fail forevermore? Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercies? Salah. And I said this, this is my infirmity, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary who is so great a God as our God. He's starting to realize in this Psalm that he is not alone. It's God's timing, not ours. It's his answers that he wants us to know. It's not our own understanding. It's what he wants us to understand. Thou art the God that doest wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people. Thou hast with thine arm redeemed thy people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph, Salah. The waters saw thee, O God. The waters saw thee. They were afraid. The depths were also troubled. Now he's talking about when. Things of this world notice the presence of God. How they fear Him, they wish mercy upon them, they remember what He is and who He and what He does. The clouds poured out water. The sky sent out a sound. Thine arrows also went abroad. The voice of thy thunder was in the heaven. The lightnings listened. The world, the earth, trembled and shook. The way is in the sea, and thy path in the great waters, and thy footsteps are not known. Thou letest thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. That psalm is talking about how how we first feel when it comes to the storms and trials that we face. We wonder why God's not acting right now, why he's not protecting us right now, why he's not solving our problem right now but that's not how it works we have to learn he won't leave us to learn alone he wants us to want to learn through Jesus in order to understand why and understand that we are not doing this alone now and then at the end of this psalm he realizes God is a thunderous voice that controls everything. The more help we seek through Jesus Christ the more we can truly live. Our trials are not faced by us and us alone. We may feel that way But it is our true Father that guides us through these storms. Now I have another question for you. Have you ever wondered why things are different for you more than others? Why you feel like you truly don't fit in? It's because you're one of God's people. You are Jesus' follower. You are the children of the Lord we're not of this earth we're of heaven we want we are seeking the kingdom of heaven we are seeking our reward for living this life others they believe you know they're they're in love with the world they worship the world christians such as ourselves we worship the one who created the world, the one who saved the world. We're different because we don't go with the norm of what society dictates we should go by. We try to learn and understand and follow the footprints of our Lord and Savior so that way we can worship the the, the true one that created us The true one that died for us. True one that was resurrected for us. We're different. We feel different because we are different. We're always up against a chopping block. More than anybody else. Because of our faith. You know, that's how it was back in Moses' time. uh, Back in Joseph's time. Back in... Even Jesus' time, you know, you got Joshua, uh, Noah, you got the, uh, you know, you got Matthew, Luke, Jeremiah. You know, they were all ridiculed for their faith. And that's just, that's how it's been ever since Adam and Eve left the garden. Back when uh, Cain and Abel, You know, Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed for the wickedness. That's how the world has always been and always will be. All these other people worship false idols or worship the fallen. Because, I mean, honestly, I don't know why they do it. I can't tell you. But they truly are not seeking the truth. They are seeking the world's truth. Not Jesus' truth. That's why we're different. We know better. We want to learn. We want to understand. And the children of the world, instead of the children of heaven, they don't want to accept it. Now there's a question I've got asked a lot. And it's, uh, if God exists, why is there so much suffering in the world? Why doesn't he appear to end it all? Well, I have multiple answers for that. There's so much suffering in the world because we cause the suffering. You know, when God first created the world, he let Adam and Eve live in a paradise. And Eve fell to temptation, ate the fruit, convinced Adam to eat it, and that's when suffering began. We wouldn't even know the meaning of suffering if that hadn't happened. It's about choice. Uh, We all suffer. We all have our problems. But the Christians that suffer, that are true believers in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we will give those sufferings to Jesus so that way we can have a peaceful heart. Because he knows we cannot handle everything. He wants us to turn to him so that way he can help us and guide us and bring us to the kingdom of heaven. allow us to inherit our mansion that he has prepared for us when we pass over. And I say the reason God doesn't completely appear anymore on this world, you know, for you know, for all the suffering, he already did that once. And look what happened. The children of the world killed him, put him on a cross. I mean, he, even though Jesus and God knew it was coming, and Jesus even Pleaded beforehand, before he was put on the cross. Even though he knew he had to do it, he pleaded for mercy from his dad. But in the end, he knew what he had to do to save everybody. So I want to ask all them people a question. If you were a god, and the only way to save the people down below you was to give up your son, your only son to die, Say you've already done it once. Do you want to do it again? Because you keep giving people chances. Sooner or later, they're going, to, they're going to fully disappoint you. The ones that don't believe and don't follow, they're just going to leave a bad taste in your mouth. I don't want God to do that again. Because in all honesty, the next time Jesus shows up, this world is done. And I want as many people to find him before it's too late. So, they wonder why God doesn't just show up and heal everything. It's because when God shows up again, tribulation starts. Revelation starts. He's not done with us yet. He doesn't want to be done with us yet. He's given us chance after chance after chance. And the next one's going to be by fire. When He is done with it all, this world is going to burn. And I don't want anyone to burn. I want everyone to enjoy what Jesus and God has created for us in the heavens. But like I said, we're different. <laughs> That's, we're, we're all different. So, that got very whew, Intense. So now I'm going to go over to Psalms 119, give me understanding. This is Psalm 33, Psalm 119, 33 through 40. And this is a magical one. I mean, every word in this book is magical, don't get me wrong. But this is, this is about trying to help the ones who follow Jesus Christ. This is a psalm for understanding. You know, understanding why you're going through trials, understanding why you're going through storms, understanding why this world is the way it is. Psalm 119, give me understanding, verses 33 through 40. Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. Incline my heart unto thy testimonies, and not to the covetousness. Now, it took me a minute to figure out what, how to say covetousness. <laughs> but what covetousness means, do not envy what someone else has. Do not be ashamed of what you got versus someone else. Be proud of what you, what you have. Be proud of who you are. You are Jesus' child. Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity and quicken thou me in the way. Establish thy word unto thy servant who is devoted to thy fear. Turn away my my reproach which I fear for thy judgments are good. Behold I have longed after thy precepts quicken me in my righteousness. This psalm is basically asking for understanding and help to provide the path to follow the the true rules, commandments, and light that Jesus Christ has set before us. So that way, we can make it to the kingdom of heaven. So that way we can be greeted by our ancestors saying, Hey, you made it. I'm so proud of you. And I want people to hear these psalms so that way they understand what needs to be done and what you are going to go through. Being a Christian is not easy. But it's worth it. There is no better life to have. I mean, when Jesus stood on the mountain and gave his sermon that St. Matthew wrote down, we are the salt of the earth. We must provide flavor, which is the word, to the world so that way it does not lose its flavor we must provide the right words to say to people we must forgive we must love we have to be here to help each other there was another sermon he was talking about where he's talking about the guy that's walking with seeds you know some fall on stones some fall in the weeds You know, and it's basically everybody trying to understand Jesus' parables. You know, some will understand, some won't, and it's okay. But the some who do can help teach the ones who don't. And I am trying my best to understand so that way I can teach to the ones that don't understand. You know, when the guy dropped the seeds on the stone, they fried. When he dropped the seeds in the weeds, they were choked. That is basically, the parable of that is a guy preaching the word. Some will fall on stone mines where they just incinerate and go away. Some will fall on the mines where they'll just choke it. They will hold on to it, but then it'll just fade away. It's not ever going to be perfect, but we got to try. So just remember, any trials that you face, you are not alone. Any storm that is on the horizon, you are not alone. Jesus is there holding your hand, ready to walk you down the path, so that way you can be closer to him and understand and survive what is coming toward you. And there are a lot, a lot of evil in this world. There is a lot of evil. And we are tempted every day. We are trying to be convinced every day. We are surrounded by it. But light is always greater than darkness. Because even at night time, the moon shines a bright light, a heavenly body. Jesus never, Jesus will never, God will never, the same person, the Holy Spirit, they will never allow us to walk through darkness without a beam of light. That's why we have the moon during night time. We have him during our darkest nights. And the night, I know this is a Batman quote, but it's also in the Bible. The night is always darkest before the dawn. That light will shine brighter through you than anything. Face your trials head on. Don't run from them. Because you're not doing it alone. Jesus is with you. Jesus blesses you. I think it's time for a prayer. Lord Jesus, please protect all those ears that are listening to this episode today. I hope I did your word proud. Please be with the ones who are sick and lost and looking for you. And please help anyone that's facing the mightiest trials that they are facing to believe that you are with them, holding their hand, guiding them down the path in which they need to go. Because through you, anything is possible. Through you, the light shines brightest. Through you, we can make it to the kingdom of heaven. And I hope and pray, Jesus Jesus Lord, that you turn and face them with the light that's brighter than any darkness that may surround them. The shade is nothing compared to the light that you bring to this world. Jesus, be with those who are seeking you. Please, Help them find the way because we all know without you this world is just destined for darkness and this life is not worth living. We would be surviving. We would not be living. We would be surviving for the pits of hell instead of living for the kingdom of heaven. Jesus, thank you for everything. Thank you for allowing me to talk today. Thank you for speaking through me because the only things that was honestly script for this episode was just little notes. Everything else I've talked about, I have just talked. I have not had to write down everything because I prayed that Jesus would speak through me today to all of you out there that might be listening. And I hope I did you justice, and I hope that you learned something. And if there's anything you need to teach me, please let me know, Jesus. I know I have a lot to learn from you, and everybody has a lot of understanding that they need to try and figure out. Jesus, I love you so much. And I love everyone in this world that is trying. I love everyone in this world that is lost. And I love everyone in this world that you have put forth. For our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, you are amazing. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For your kingdom is the power and glory forever and ever. Oh, I love you, Jesus. It is in your name I pray. Amen. Thank you all for listening. I know I got a little extra today. <laughs> um, I kind of want to become a preacher. <laughs> I really do. And I hope one day I can, I can be there. If you guys want to holler at me, have any comments or anything like that, feel free to send me a message at faithoverdishonor at gmail.com. I am all ears. I am all for reading your comments and everything. I, I want to learn. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to know exactly what you're thinking. I, we can help each other. I love you all jesus loves you all don't ever forget that you are never alone he is there holding your hand got a tight grip on your heart and he will never lead you astray no matter how you feel always have that faith his timing is not our timing his timing is perfect ours is impatient remember that i love you all have a great day